Hello there and welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Monday afternoon, September 27th, 2021. He is Tristan Happy Cockroft. Kyle Sapi expertly produces and researches, and I'm merely Eric Carabell. Fantasy Focus Baseball is presented by LinkedIn Jobs. On today's show, one week left. That is it. One week. Time is running out for your fantasy baseball championship dreams. Tristan, I know you have dreams of myriad championships. Please tell us what is going on in your fantasy baseball world. Oh, man. I told you that a lot of my leagues wrap up already this past Sunday. So I did win all three of the home leagues. So I'm happy about that. <laughs> and and I'm going to be a good teammate and say, congratulations. I'm happy you won all three of those leagues. Good for Subtle. you. That's Subtle. the only way that this should be. I, I don't know what you're talking about, Kyle, but aren't you happy for Tristan for winning I'm his very league? happy. I'm happy very for all happy. my teammates when they do well in leagues. When trivia, you know, it's a different kind of lens here, Mr. Carnival. <laughs> Let's put it this way. Now I can focus my efforts on hoping that you two can win your leagues. Now there I go into go. rally mode because my labor and tout teams are terrible. <laughs> I'm, I'm competitive in the keeper league that I have that plays out the whole year. I'm relatively competitive in the TGFBI league, but I don't think I can win any anything remaining. How about you? You've won all three of your home leagues. Good for you. know what? That's why leagues. you're on this show. I, I, just, I got I'm, lucky. I got lucky. That's I'm. Clearly, clearly. I'm just here to read the ads and get us in and out in 45 minutes. You are the reason people listen to this show because you win them leagues. So we're going to devote most Lucky. of the show to Tristan speaking Lucky. about how. All right, I'll so... tell you, then I'll tell you this. So for the AL game last night, yes, the guy that I uh, beat by a point and a half is the one who was second to me in ERA and whip. And he had Eduardo Rodriguez on the mound last night for that Sunday night game. So, yeah, I was rooting extra hard for those Yankees. <laughs> but Rodriguez was okay. He was okay, yeah, but the – that He needed more. Yeah, the, the last inning he had was – yeah, he, he would have needed to shut out that inning and come out for another one in order to catch me. <laughs> what um, what'd you learn from that weekend series, Giancarlo Stanton? I mean, that was an amazing series out of him. And it, you kind of felt like last on Sunday night, at least he was going to hit a home run there. <laughs> I did. I mean, Adovino was just yep. throwing up frisbees. And um, but yeah, I mean that's one of the that's the story of the weekend, I guess, for fantasy is that Stanton continues to stay healthy, continues mm-hmm. to hit monster home runs, and man, that the, only two of those three AL East teams are going to make the playoffs. It's going to be a great week. That's the story in real baseball is you know Yankees, Red Sox, Toronto. Yep. And I mean, in, in fairness, I'll say none of it should have happened if not for. You know, Bobby Dahlbeck not knowing exactly where the fence was and then the horrible call by the umpires on the the uh, foul tip. But, you know, on the stat sheet, that's what we get. And, yes, yeah, Stanton's been on fire. Stanton and Judge, really interesting how they were entering this year injury prone. You and I talked about that a lot. And they've had amazing years. And I, I guess that, that shows that when they can stay healthy, they still have that massive talent. The power is still there. They have the exit velocity numbers that are setting all-time records. So I don't know what to make of them for next year. I mean, I don't think we could project the number of games that they're going to finish with this year in 2022, but we also can't be completely pessimistic about either one. Aaron Judge is the number 11 outfielder on the full season player Raider uh, lodged between Tyler O'Neill and Tommy Edmonds. So that's weird, but borderline top- base thing. That's yeah. That, so thing. he doesn't belong there, but Brian Reynolds does. You, he's ahead of Jordan Alvarez, ahead of a Rosa Reina, mm-hmm. ahead of JD Martinez. So Aaron judge, that's Ronald Acuna hasn't played in what? Three months. He's the number 18 outfitter on the player. Raider. That's amazing. Stanton is number 26 for the season. Yep. So he played enough to be a top 30 outfielder. 
I'm going to have a tough time regarding Stanton as a top 30 outfitter in 2022 drafts because, yes, he stayed healthy this season. He was taken care of. They were very cautious with him. But, I mean, it's another year older. I, he's, I don't know. I just, I'm going to have a tough time doing it. Are you going to have a tough time? Is John Color Stanton a top 100 option for you? Judge has to be. Judge probably in the top 50. But yeah. is Stanton top 100? I think the projections are going to say that they both have to be in that group. And yet I don't feel good about it. I side with you, a 32 year old who still has a 74 game, 119 game, and then 133 so far this season could get it up to 139, I suppose. Oh, in the 18 game, 2019, that's a really checkered track record of, of injuries. I, I, I probably would project them for 120, probably 120, I think the production would be somewhat similar. I might drop the batting average to 260, can still get to 30 home runs. I don't feel like that's a top 100 player. He did get the, the requisite number of outfield games to qualify there. That was a plus for him. And I'm really surprised by that. I think I'm more surprised that he played 25 outfield games than that he played this many games overall. John Carlos Stanton may end up playing as many games in the outfield this season as Mike Trout. Wow. Scary. Wow. Scary. Right. Yeah. Who expected that? Stan has got 34 homers. He's going to play a hundred more games than Mike Trout is. And I people, and we'll get to this on next Monday show when we talk about next year's rankings, but man, I mean, Mike Trout. I see your point here. I know you're saying it's close enough. I didn't realize it was that close. You're right. You're right. That's wow. Mike Trout gets a pass for all these missed games. Stanton doesn't. Something's not right. Let's move on. But at the same time, the counterpoint is, Stanton stayed healthy here and had the massive talent. If Trout has some good fortune next year, oh, he could be five. <laughs> he could be 2022 Stanton. He could well, yeah. Blows That's past a, the injury question. I hope he does. I just, you know, he gets a pass, whereas nobody else in baseball would. So you do the fantasy forecaster, Jays, Red Sox, Blue Jays. What can you tell us now? The weekly lineup for weekly leagues is already done. But yeah. there's daily and then there's the weekend. So we know that like the Dodgers and the Brewers and the Cardinals, teams that are locked into their spot, they don't need to start Adam Wainwright, for example. Houston doesn't need to push their starting pitchers. They're in. White Sox still in season. I don't know if he's pitching. But with the Yankees, Yankees Red Sox, and Jays, they got to push everybody. Yeah. So is that where you're looking in fantasy for this final? Is that where you looked for the final weekend? Or are you playing like Tigers and Rockies? How do you do it in your leagues? Yeah, it, it depends on the year. And the weird thing about this season is that the races aren't that compelling. We had better, closer wildcard races in the past. And I'm going back beyond 2020 when we had extra playoff spots. I really only feel like the, I mean, the NL East to a degree, the NL West who gets the top spot there. And then, of course, the three teams in the AL East. And it's possible that the, the Mariners and the A's. So you're looking really at the American League's wildcard as the motivational games. So... I don't think there's much of a reason to go with, you know, the motivated teams. I think you should go more for the best matchups. You have Boston. Yes. Wildcard team. They have an unbelievable schedule of three games at Baltimore, three at Washington all around. They've got probably the best schedule of any team you can, you can think of here. Actually, Washington has a really good one for hitting because they're playing a lot of weak pitching. That's another thing to keep in mind. The Cubs, a team that's played much better than you expected have pretty good hitting matchups for this week. So I, I don't trust much, much of their pitching. You mentioned Detroit. Detroit's a very interesting team. They played a lot better than I expected. They're facing Minnesota. They could play a completely unmotivated White Sox team coming into this weekend in a hitter-friendly ballpark, and there's some guys on that team that you could pick up. 
I, I think there's some value there. And you mentioned Colorado as well with the Coors games. Yeah, I just added uh, Elias Diaz, their catcher in one of my leagues, because apparently Aaron Nola, or not Aaron, his brother Austin is done for the season. So I had to do that. Um, the Tigers have a better record than the Mets, <laughs> which makes me happy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, and the note about the note about the Mets having the most days in first place for a sub 500 team. That's the the way that this season has unraveled for the Mets and the Padres. I'm pretty Padres. surprised. I, I'm a little bit angry at the Padres because they should have taken the Saturday and Sunday game. Yep. And now they didn't. And not that Philly was going to catch Atlanta anyway. They'll lose two out of three in that series. But still. Um, all right. Let's talk about some players. So uh, you mentioned the Cubs. Obviously, if you can still add Frank Schwindel. Hey, it's legit, man. It's all legit. There are some people napping in their leagues where maybe he is available. Maybe he's available. Quest. Um, <laughs> most added list, Shane Boz of Tampa. He's got one more start, I believe, not two. Yeah. Boz is only uncertain situation here is the Rays need to align the playoff rotation, but they also have that big pad without the wild card game in order to reset. I do think Boz is going to get a start. Yes. And it's going to be likely in the Yankee series in New York. Um, not that's not good. That. That's not, not good. It's but not good, but like he's, the way he's, he's good pitching, he's, he's worth it. Um, Harrison Bader's being added. He's been great of late. Cardinals haven't lost in weeks. Um, Cal Quantrill starts today to start guy. Gavin Lux is being added. He'll probably get a lot of playing time. Uh, yes. The rest of the way. Now, They're Dodgers motivated. still want to avoid that one game playoff. Yep. With the Cardinals. So, yes. I mean, Dodgers are trying to win. Yeah, they definitely are. And they have a tough week ahead of it. They have three at home against San Diego, three at home against Milwaukee. Yeah. Granted, San Diego, you're facing two TBDs in that rotation. But Lux, I like him a lot. And I like what they the creativity they've shown with using him even in center field lately. How much do you just trust your gut? I, I, I admitted before the show that I had picked up John Lester in a league. And where I'm going to need starts, I'm going to need innings. And then right before, before the show, before the deadline in leagues, I just, I, I benched him for a relief pitcher, Paul Seward, because I just, I don't trust. And mm-hmm. you said, well, he may not start anyway. But even mm-hmm. before I knew that, I was like, you know what? Fantasy sports, obviously, mm-hmm. there's a lot of analytics that go into it, a lot of research. You play the matchups, but ultimately, they're your teams. You trust your mm-hmm. gut. And I was like, I just can't do it. I can't trust John Lester in a head-to-head for the championship. I went with a relief pitcher. I hope Sewell doesn't get lit, but um, that's what I did. How much do you trust your gut when it comes to the final week of a season, whether no matter what the sport is? I mean, you've got information, but at some point you're like, it's either this guy or that guy. Who what am I doing? Well, when you have a substantial gut like I do, you know, you have to trust it. It speaks very loudly with a big voice. Uh, and John Lester is the quintessential example of this, because you remember last week I said two-star pitcher. I actually liked him in that situation and picked him up and used him for those games. And he was pretty decent for me in the leagues that I needed him. This week, he's, if he pitches, he's got the home game against the Cubs. So I see your point here. There's no reason for the Cardinals to use him. Their magic number is one. All they have to do is win a game or watch uh, the Phillies and the Reds each lose once this week, and they're in as the second wild card. They have no other reason than to align the rotation for the wild card game, and potentially if they win that, the, the division series. So Lester will be on a strict pitch count. And right there, yeah, do you want Lester when you don't even know if he'll go past five innings? Against his old mates, maybe, and they're not really his old mates. Just his old mates, and then he got you know lit up. So yeah. I, 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 First start I, was pretty decent, though. I went with my gut. Yeah. I left him out of my lineup. Uh, that's what it is in the final week of a season. Let's get some names in here now. I mean, the sure. Cardinals, unbelievable what they're doing. And I'm sure we'll mention them again as the show goes on. Time for you to sing the combo meals, if you don't mind. Hey, it's a combo meal. Do, 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 do. Combo. 
combo. Doo, 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 doo. It's a combo meal, home run plus steal. These players are making moves last week and making moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports. On Friday, Colton Wong and Nick Castellanos. Nick Castellanos stole a base. How about that? Uh, Harrison Bader, Jose Ramirez, and Adam Frazier did it on Saturday. Harrison Bader is a guy who's very interesting. Never in the past has he hit right-handed pitching, but now he's hitting everybody. And he can steal. We know he's, he's fast enough to steal 15 to 20 bases. He's done that before. but And, and he's elite defensively. So, you know, there's like a... I get like a little bit of a Jackie Bradley vibe, you know, defense, but no offense. But this year it's been offense. He's hit. What are you going to do with Bader next year? Like, can we project 15 homers and 20 plus steals? Because that would be a guy we would take in like round 12. You don't want to say I, yes to that. Well, either, no. But... So, so this is the thing. He He's made a heck of a lot more contact this year in terms of the strikeout rate. But if you dig into the underlying numbers, he's swinging at more non-strikes than he ever has before. It's a career high, 34%. And his swinging strike rate is spot is swinging strike rate is spot on to 2019 and 2020, which tells me good fortune with two strikes, two strike approach. Which is it? I'm gonna have to dig there. It it does happen, and you can't assume it'll happen again next year. And by the way, we should note here: Cardinals haven't lost in 16 games. That means nothing for the playoffs. We've seen plenty of times in the past. If you're a betting person or you're picking lineups for the you know postseason mm-hmm. leagues. Cardinals are not going to be favored against the Dodgers or the Giants. No. And there's no guarantees they win that game just because they've won every game for the past couple of weeks. The Yankees didn't the Yankees have a year where they were like three and 13 in the final weeks. And 2020. Still, no, still 20, the 2000. World, yeah. 2000, 2000, they still uh, won the world series. Yep. So they know, were a lot. horrible. They were, they won 87 games. I think for the year they were horrible in September. They were, one of the best, if not the best team in baseball heading into September. Yeah. The other one too, is this team reminds me a lot in terms of the, the recent hot spell of the 2007 Rockies and the 2007 Rockies had a massive winning streak late in the year, grabbed the wild card, went to the world series, and then they just hit a wall. That happens. Um, Castellanos is going to be ranked well next year. Around top 50. Wouldn't you say? I mean, he still hasn't gotten, I want, I want to make sure I get us right before. Cause I used to, Always spout this stat about Castellanos that he had never had. I think it was a what a hundred RBI season, thirty homer season. Um, yeah, he had. Yeah, he's never. So he finally has his thirty homer season. He did have one hundred and one RBI in twenty seventeen. He's not. He may get another one this year. Batting average has fallen all the way down to three hundred nine, but still a very good four category player, Castellanos, yep. in the prime of his career in a good ballpark for that. So I would say tough. Like over Pete Alonso because you get batting average and. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of moving away from guys like Alonzo, not because he's a Met, but because he's a two-category guy, homers and ribbies. Stan, mm-hmm. same type of thing. But mm-hmm. Castellanos can hit for average. He scores runs. Bats higher in the lineup. I like that. Um, yeah. Who else had it? Adam Frazier. No, don't want to talk about him. So moving on from combo meals. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, like, there's nothing to say. Padres, that's bad. Like, okay, yeah. the Reds are going to miss the playoffs. And I, I don't think we're surprised. Phillies are going to miss the playoffs. I don't think we're surprised. One of the teams in the AL East will. That's different. But what the Padres did in September, man, that's bad. That's really bad. And they were so desperate. They were picking up Phillies castoffs like Jake Arrieta and Vince Velasquez. And they never did use Mackenzie Gore again. And Paddock got hurt and Snell. So some of it is just bad luck with their starting pitching. But it wasn't just that. It was their offense. You know, like not a Tatis hit. But mm-hmm. that was about it. Cronenworth mm-hmm. got hurt. A lot of bad stuff happened to the Padres in September. They're gonna, we're going to see changes in that organization because maybe it's the manager. Yeah, you know, they're going to get more starting pitching. 
yeah, they'll get Clevenger back next year. They but will. Do you have anything yeah. to say about the pot? I mean, we can't assume 30 starts out of Clevenger ever. I, so I do. I mean, it's not a fantasy thing, but I, I, I do think the lesson is, you know, you can't let yourself get into a situation where you run out of pitching. I mean, you mentioned Gore. Gore also had some injury questions. So their depth was gone immediately. And I know we talked in the preseason about how much that they had, but they didn't make moves of the deadline and they had a pretty good idea. They were going to need to restock their depth. I think there are going to be other teams to take, you know, take this as a lesson for the, you know, the July trade deadline planning. I mean, in retrospect, they wouldn't have beaten out the Cardinals anyway because the Cardinals have won 16 in a row. But you can't throw Jake Arrieta and Vince Velasquez out in the pennant race and hope to do well. That's ridiculous. Well, yeah, it's dumb. I mean, they were filling two and three spots just with anybody per week. You can't be doing that with a schedule like they've had in September. That, that, Is there that a lesson there for fantasy that you always need more starting pitching? Not, not really. I mean, it was a lot, a lot of it was just injuries. I mean, there's not much we can do to plan for that. That was just a, a team that got struck by it. All right. Now it's uh, the carousels rolling around in circles. Sing that closer song, please. <laughs> it's the closer carousel. It sure is. And I don't know who's sponsoring it, but let's say we are because it's a it's been a crazy carousel <laughs> our heads are <laughs> <And> spinning <laughs> yeah look i have two leagues where say every save matters and look i've got will smith in one of those teams and i'm rooting against them because i want the phillies to win i don't know how san diego didn't score yesterday with bases loaded one out i mean walk the bases loaded next guy should take a couple pitches mm-hmm. will smith's wild i do not want will smith next season and i can't imagine ranking him in the top 10 but um I don't think he's close in starting next year. I don't think he's going to be the closer. He's gonna. He may lead the league in saves this year. How does he not be a closer next year? Yeah. Your very point, which is that I I don't think that he's worthy of closing. I think there are better mm-hmm. pitchers. Yeah, granted, yeah, like you've said, you don't have to be the best pitcher in your own bullpen to be a closer. So I guess I shouldn't be dismissive of that. But I don't think he should be. Um, Kenley Jansen, do we have to reevaluate Kenley Jansen because he's actually pitched pretty well this season and, um, hasn't blown a save since July, which doesn't tell us a lot, but 230 ERA, 1.08 whip, 82 strikeouts in only 66 innings. So that's pretty good. Uh, you know, like he just, he's looked better this season than he did in the past couple of years. This is his lowest ERA since 2017. He has to be in our top 10. For closers yes. next year. I mean, my 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 ranking comes out on Tuesday for next year's top 20 closers. And Jansen's obviously in my top 10. And Will Smith's obviously not. But the, the question is, how high is Jansen going to be? Does he deserve to be right behind Liam Hendricks and Josh Hader? And in some order. I'm not sure which I'm going to do yet. Does he is he number three? Probably, who is? Yeah, that's, I mean, who is, is the right question. I mean, he's still whiffing more than 30% of the batters he faces. So he's getting K's and that coupled with the job security. The problem is the job security is the debate here. Like he was a top 10 closer for me. He's been a top 10 closer for me every year, regardless of how, you know, how many questions we've had about him. Um, But at what point do you start to question the rising walk rate? The fact that he's an extreme fly baller, the fact that there are some nights where he looks just definitively fatigued. I, I'm not sure quite what to make of him going forward. Oh, by the way, lowest K minus walk in his career by a lot. 17%. That's a lot. Like a, a, mm, That's his worst by a good margin. Yeah, but none of it mattered. And it's not a problem that, they, that they're loyal to him. It's, it's, it's good that they're loyal to him. But, you know, even if Blake Tronin is better, 
this is the way it is. Well, I don't know the Blake Trinan is. I don't know that he is better. Do you? I don't know either, but I, I, my point here is mm-hmm. that I, I'm still. Do you have a definitive number one? Is it Hater over Hendricks, or is it? I mean, Hendricks, you have homers, but no walks. He yeah, had a great it's year. Still, it's still probably Hater for me. I'm going for the elite oh, K rate. Um, I think I can't make a good point to put Emmanuel Clase and Jordan Romano over. Oh man, this sounds just dumb when I say it, but to put them over Jansen. You I don't can't. know how I over can't. and ja- and Chapman. I don't know how I can do that. Yeah, you, you definitely can't. I mean, Jansen's got to be at worst sixth, maybe at the position. I think at he's worst. number three. Who do you put over him? If it's not Chapman, it's not the young guys. Chapman is, else. Yeah, Chapman's probably the first I would think of. Well, then that's a top four tier right there. Yeah, and I mean, I mean I, Iglesias. I, you know, I hate to, the the more time that passes, the more that it's all about the job security for Jansen, but the job security matters. And this career is starting to remind me of Mariano Rivera, cutter heavy. I mean, he's not he's it hasn't proceeded in terms of the skills like Mariano Rivera's had Mariano Rivera's has had, but the cutter has kept him consistently good enough. And look at those yearly save totals. I I I don't know. I. I He's a tough read, but I, you know I'm here to defend Kenley Jansen every year. That's what I do. Uh, there are saves available in our leagues. Michael Fulmer, if you want him on Detroit, good schedule this week. Giovanni Gallego is still available. I don't, I don't know how. In 35%, Joe Barlow is available. Paul Sewell is a closer uh, with Stecken Ryder, but he pitches well. Um, I don't he's know available. who's closing there. Who, just, Scott Barlow is available. Um, but Stecken Ryder is available in 87%, so you can get him. Um, the bust of the year. Uh, Trevor Rosenthal is on the most added list. No idea why. Maybe people think he's going to pitch next year and close. Dynasty but he's speculation. The closer bust of the year has to be Rosenthal. He was like the number six closer in ADP, and he never pitched. <laughs> never pitched. Rafael Montero was a top 15 closer in ADP. My yeah. goodness. Man, do we get it wrong every year when it comes to relief pitchers, which is why, yes, you can make the case that you take a seventh-round pick on Hader or Hendricks, but if you don't get those guys – Man, I just wait and play it out oh, during the year. I mean, one of my one of my teams has Romano and Alex Colome as closers right now, and I'm getting and I'm winning saves. <laughs> By the way, an interesting angle to this is I am more apt to get the proven closer in an auction or salary cap based format than I am in a draft, Explain because why. I am because in my experience, I am finding that the bargains at that position end up being the higher tier in the salary cap drafts. I go into those and people are not willing to actually spend a portion of their salary cap towards the top closers. That hater went for $20 when he was a true value, $25, $26 closer. But in a draft, they're going to take him with their fifth round pick. I don't know why that is, but in my experience. No, I like that. That's a good point. That's a good point. I I always spend on on closers Mm -hmm. more in auction than I do in drafts. I guess that makes sense. Um, All right. What else do we have? to? Oh, wow. Look at this. I got James Robinson on a waiver claim. Somebody dropped James Robinson on like Saturday, one of my leagues. And I really had from no running back depth. Oh, mm-hmm. it's a baseball show. James Robinson is the third baseman for the Miami Marlins. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I mean, we're doing the show live and stuff's happening. I'm getting emails. Um, that's it for closers. I have nothing to say. Let's move on now. Talk about the schedule for the week because there are games on Monday that have already started. Uh, makeup doubleheader stuff. Um, no, they're all I've never heard of. They're all, they're all last Wednesdays. Reaver San Martin of the Reds. Tell me all you know about Reaver San Martin. <laughs> you can't. I know that he is a Cincinnati Reds uh, pitcher. 
boy, do I need Chris Flex in the pitch well this week. And uh, he's facing Oakland on Monday and then somebody else later in the week. He he will pitch twice. Is that a good year? He gets uh, Angels at home in the potential Shohei, Shohei Otani finale. You know, does Chris Flexen coming back from, I think it was Korea, tell us anything? Because not everybody works out. There was that Milwaukee pitcher, Lindblom, who didn't work out. So mm-hmm. how do you – we can't view them all together. But when like 30-something guys come back after failing in the majors, go to Korea or Japan and do well and come back, what do you do? Do you, do you invest? Because, I mean, Lindblom and Flexen, very different this season. Lindblom doesn't even matter anymore. Mm-hmm. It's – Kind of case by case, the reason I and Limblum was last year, wasn't he? He was, and he started some, he didn't do well, and then this year Milwaukee didn't even bother you. Oper- I, I do in Limblum's defense, there were brief moments he looked good and I saw the hints of things, and I don't think the Brewers gave him a fair shake. I, I wonder whether he wasn't prepared to be in their swingman oriented pitching machine. I don't know what I want to call it. In Flexen's case. Completely different pitcher. I threw a flyer on him in a couple of leagues just because he actually had a large workload last year and everybody else in the U.S. game did not. And I didn't do it for any other skills. But if you look at what he did, he was a fastball guy who didn't throw much of anything in terms of secondary pitches. And this year, he's 30% cutter. He's 15% curveball. Completely remade over there. And if you watch those games, you knew it was happening because we we carried them. We carried some of those Chris Flexen games. But I don't know. I, I just don't think there's much more. I think this is him hitting the ceiling of uh, of what his what the remade version is for 2022. Like, you couldn't draft him at, at his final player rater number, could you? I'm not. No, I don't think that makes much sense. But I'm trying to think that the pitcher right now who's pitching, again, I'm not trying to be, I don't I don't know if it was Japan or Korea, but he, he was in the majors for a while, a lot of innings. Rangers. Gonna come back at some, there was a range oh, Dan Straley. Dan Straley. No, it wasn't him. I think is going to come back at some point, and we're going to have to talk about him. And, you know, like, I don't know. Oh, future. He pitched. You're saying future. I'm saying, yeah, like next year, yeah. in the next year or two, he's the next guy to come back. Right. And he I'm may, trying to, he I'm may trying matter. To, I'm trying to think of the example that that I, I think that fantasy managers are going to instinctually be dismissive of these types. I feel like it was Colby Lewis. Was it Colby Lewis? He was a while, yeah, like a decade ago, and came and, back and had a, had a decent run. But like, yeah. and then they're like Corey Arahara came this year and did, was terrible. Like, I I don't want to put everybody in the same Arihara box. Japan, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't yeah, he? yeah. And then they couldn't even stick in tech. And he Yang, got hurt, but still, Yang, the reliever, I think was the one from uh, Yang Yang, little uh, from what, from Korea. I can't remember. I'd, I'd have to look through my database. <laughs> uh, Tuesday slate has you Darvish who came over and has been great uh, against Walker Bueller. That's a big one. You know, San Diego. All right. You missed the playoffs. It was embarrassing, but you still want to beat those Dodgers. I'm sure they'd rather, well, I don't know who they care who wins. Then they get the giants, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So yep. interesting week for San Diego. Um, I like the fast. Fact, I like the fact that they aligned Darvish to face each of those two teams, knowing how important these games, that's good move Padres. Well, they thought they'd be important for them until the Cardinals won every game. I mean, San Diego should be in the wild card race. But you know, Darvish the Cardinals have, have lost three games. They'd still be in it. Darvish still would have aligned for Wednesday. They could have just let him pitch Wednesday on the regular turn. And in this case, they're giving him a start against each of those two teams. I like that. Way would to go. Activate Bassett at Seattle on Tuesday. I have the option. I had a shot. Of, yeah, I have the I, I have the option in one of in yeah, in one of my leagues, it's the, the keeper league I was talking about where I'm trying to move up. And I didn't do it because I, I just don't think there's enough there for what I need. But I actually like that matchup. I just think that's a little I, Lester-ish where you're getting five-ish to five and two-thirds innings. 
He got three innings in his last outing, so I'm a little bit concerned there. Um, but yes, that's I sat him. Um, who else is pitching of note? Jose Urquidy against Tampa Bay. It's a tough matchup. Tampa Bay doesn't score a ton of runs, but they have Wander back. Urquidy Quiddy, could make yeah. two starts depending on how the rotation plays out. He would get Oakland in the finale at home. I'd start him now. Uh, Last relevant game for the Phillies, if they lose it, Zach Wheeler or Charlie Morton. I would use Morton. Phillies still only have one great hitter. Okay, yeah. You can pitch to that lineup pretty easily. You mentioned Trevor Williams in your pickups for the week, which surprised me. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's matchup based, but really Trevor Williams. There's, like there's Williams. not, a, ha, have you looked at the full grid for the week? There's, there is really not a lot here. There's very little meat in terms of pickups and Williams. Miami is the best matchup you could possibly ask right now. And it, a lot of it is that. Over Pittsburgh. Yeah. Miami is a better matchup. The It's a better forecaster graded matchup and it's by a, a decent chunk. Uh, Wednesday is an ESPN doubleheader. Oh, how about this? Yankees at Toronto, Garrett Cole and Jose Barrios. These are critical games. Yeah. Yankees, Red Sox, and Blue Jays. And the Red Sox have a much easier schedule. I mean, the Red Sox this week are, where are they? They have Baltimore. At Baltimore and at Washington. They have the best schedule you could ask. So they lose J.D. Martinez. Well, he, Martinez can play the outfield. Yeah. So they'll probably, Warburg actually, they'll probably sit for Dugo. Okay. Uh, the second game of that doubleheader is Padres and Dodgers. Max Scherzer, he's going for blood here. Seven shutout innings uh, <laughs> against the Padres. Uh, San Francisco's still playing for the best record. Uh, they have Alex Wood on the mound. It's an innings guy. He's not going innings. Yeah. Can't, I can't use Alex Wood. Can't do it. Yep. I would agree with that. Um, who else is of interest? Taylor Hearn of Texas against the Angels. Does that interest you? Just based on what's out there, yeah. Hearn has pitched all right over the past month or so. I mean, the Angels aren't the best matchup out there, but they're not a terrifying one. Not at all. Uh, Daniel Lynch and Zach Plesak. It's interesting. I, I want to see what Daniel Lynch does these final couple starts. I mean, sure. September has been interesting. What's his last start? He's oh. done with this. This is it? Oh, wait. No, he's... Well, he's not going to pitch Wednesday and Sunday. Yeah, so, yeah this will be his last this start last of the season. It's against Cleveland. Should be good. Carlos Rodon, I don't know if you're getting innings out of him. I think he's being used in a middle relief role in the playoffs, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, there's, there's, they're saying all the right things about how healthy he is and that he's pitching this game and how confident they are. And watch, it's going to be three and a third, and he gets a quick hook. Just Frankie a Montas, great second half. Yeah. Frankie Mont like when we do our starting pitcher rankings, I mean, I hadn't thought about Frankie Montas a whole lot, but he's the number 22 starting pitcher for the season now with this mm-hmm. great second half. And he's ahead of Giolito, Tyler Malley, who's good, mm-hmm. you know, ahead of Luis Garcia and McCullers and Kershaw. Well, Kershaw missed a lot of time, but just interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Scherzer's still number one starting pitcher for the season, Otani too, but that's because of hitting. Zach Wheeler, Bueller, we talked about our top tiers before. Robbie Ray still has a shot to redeem himself after last week. Wainwright, number 11. My God. One more start for Wainwright. It's against Milwaukee. That is it for our look there. Bring in Kyle now and talk about some uh, hash browns and trivia that I won't know. <laughs> You'll know this one. You can only hope that you don't know the trivia, Eric. That's how we roll here. The trivia today, three infielders with a 300 batting average and at least 10 steals since the All-Star break. You guys just talked about Carlos Rodon. First question comes from Dylan. He wants to know pitchers in the same tier as Rodon next season. Uh, what not the problem here projecting more than 175 innings? How can we do yeah. that with Rodon? Because he he ran out of gas here. He had a shoulder. Is a shoulder issue, right? Isn't it a shoulder or is it is it his elbow? Oh, that's a good question. I thought it was shoulder. I mean, he's going to end up making problem. 24 starts. He's not even going to approach 150 innings. 
So, I mean, while he pitched great, like we had concerns heading into the season. We, we weren't even thinking about Carlos Rodon entering the season. And now I don't see how he can be among my top 20 next year because of innings concerns. It's um, it's a vague description. It's just arm and normal soreness and stuff like that. I, don't, I can't even. Hey, my arm. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh yeah i'm gonna have a tough time ranking him in the top 25 starting pitchers i don't know what the tier is sunny gray in that tier i'm trying to think of guys who i no longer can count on he for innings. probably belongs in the sunny gray tier it's not it's you've got the aces we've talked about we didn't really deeply get into that next group and how expansive it is and then there's the next one after that maybe rodon touches the bottom portion of that I, I, he, but he did remake himself this year, but your point about the innings, 127 and two thirds, how far does he go beyond that next year and going to a potential new team? What is their perspective going to be? Yeah, that's, that's, that's it. Okay. Jim wants to find some value pitching next season. Verlander, Clevenger, Syndergaard. Where do you envision yourself having them ranked next season after nothing this year and any crack your top 30? Top 30, no. Um, I'm not going to say top 30. I have Verlander in a keeper league, and I don't know what I'm going to do there because he might make it. But wouldn't you project the most starts here out of Verlander? I mean, don't you trust him the most based on his past five seasons? He he doesn't need to go back to Houston. Anybody could have him. He could be a Yankee or a Met. Like, no, that's true. Like, he, he's not under contract, right? I'll I'll take him. I'd be happy to take him. But yeah. I would think Verlander would be the first one I would rank here. I'm not going to – Syndergaard, I may not even rank. Um, Clevenger feels like, like number 30, 35. I think Verlander feels like number 25 to 30. Is that fair? Is that too aggressive? I mean, Verlander's going to be back for a full season. Clevenger probably – but Clevenger, even, even in his heyday, wasn't starting 32 times. I, I think Verlander's going to want to be back for a full 2022. And I mean like a workhorse. Like Scherzer this year, man. Right? He's, he's going to want to prove a point. Actually, that's a volume-wise, that's a good comp. I kind of like that. I, because Ver, Scherzer isn't throwing the amount that he did four or five years ago, but he's still up there. I like that for a volume comp. I could see Verlander just on just his passion for the game, him doing that. 25 to 30 is not nuts. I think the problem I have with these three is I've I've learned this lesson now over more than 10 years of doing the way too early rankings. I am always way too optimistic in projections for Tommy John surgery returnees. They always take longer. And Chris Sale is the most recent one to give you that example. Even with all my optimism, look at how much he gave you. What is it? Seven starts or he just made his eighth, I think. So next year, Sale or Verlander? Sale, Sale. just because Sale because he's further along in the game. Sale top 10? No. But top 20, we, top 20. Because uh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking sale like 15 and Verlander 25 and maybe Clevenger 35. That's what I would early, early thoughts. And I think all three of those might be too aggressive, but I like it better as you take it, or I like them at the higher levels you're going. So in other words, sale, you could convince me on 15 more than you could Verlander 25. I might say 30, 35. Clevenger, I want to say he's top 30. I feel like it's right to say he's 40, 45. And I don't know that I would draft Noah Syndergaard. I think Syndergaard and Strasburg to me are going to be like last round picks that you just take a chance on at this point and hope for the best. And you can always drop them in May, but like, I don't see how I can rank them in my top 60 starting pitchers. And and we probably should throw Luis Severino into this. 
Why? Why do we throw him in? He's, <laughs> he, he is, he's pitching today. He's pitching now. He is every bit as relevant to this discussion as Noah Syndergaard is. And, and man, I'm blanking on the other one you just mentioned. He's just said it. Who was the last one? Strasburg. Strasburg. Stra- Absolutely yeah. as relevant to the discussion as Strasburg. All right. I have next. questions. Don't you? I've, I don't want to take chances. There's so much starting pitching out there. I mean, like, you know, people are going to be avoiding, like we need to see where some of these guys land, but I don't try to think of guys. I don't think so. There's so much starting pitching out there is accurate. I don't think that's true. I think there's a lot of quality, but it's not giving you quantity. Where are you putting Ranger Suarez, by the way? He's doing something nobody's ever done before. ERA for ERA is a starter and a reliever. Like, I can't believe he's getting away with this. You throw slop up there and it's working. I mean, like give him credit. He's still not giving up runs, but don't we have to rank him in like a top 30 starting pitch? I mean, how can we rank I don't, him in the top I don't, 30? I can't. I'll be perfectly frank with you. I don't think I could rank him at all for next year. For how do you not rank league. him at all? I, I don't, but I just don't believe I, that's one where I will. And I'll do the research on it. But right now my gut says no way he's repeating that next year. Oh, he's not. I'm not saying he's repeating that, but a 350 ERA. Why can't he... Uh, I have a 350 ERA over 30 starts. Why can't he be Luis Garcia? Because why I, can't he be I Logan think, Webb? Because I don't think the improvements he's made register to that level. And I mean, we we just talked Nestor Cortez, the other one. Nestor Cortez velocity increase put him in a range that was higher than what Suarez's was. And I am not sure that that's repeatable for him. For Suarez, I'm not sure it's repeatable for either one. Okay. You you're putting Suarez. You're not putting Suarez in your top thirty. You won't have him in your top sixty. I think he makes the top sixty, but you're right. Top thirty is ridiculous. But I mean, I feel like he and John Means need to be ranked. I'll I, take I feel Means over Suarez a thousand times out of a thousand. I probably would too. But like, he did this. <laughs> like he did. I mean, he's he's his FIP is probably three fifty. But okay, I'll take three fifty ERA. You you get these journeyman types who put up these magical seasons. I don't think I mean, he's a journeyman. I, I think he, people. He's look Aaron at him as Small. A, he's, he's Aaron. Not Aaron Small. He's not. Aaron Small was amazing down the stretch for that Yankee team. Two thousand five, I think it was. I I remember Steve Ontiveros with the A's one year. They they signed him out of nowhere. I think he was retired he, and he, he put up a. Great I'm not year. saying he was a top fifty prospect, but he 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 he's not like if he had ended the season with a three fifty ERA, that would have been okay. I can't I can't tell you like he's not relevant at all that that seems a little yeah, too I, I'm far probably, in the other direction you're right i'm probably uh, the, by the way we're not, going, aaron small that's a little embarrassing i mean come on that's 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 not right that's not right i mean right. I'm, okay I'm, yes john means i'll give you but like i want to yeah. compare him to lefties who i have concerns about yeah. okay i'll take trevor rogers i'll take john means ranked in the 40s sean manaya not close i'll take manaya but like framber just walk somebody while I spoke. Still, I, you Valdez, know, like, but you're getting warmer. Keep going. Valdez like feels like a guy you rank in the fifties, and I'm getting that. But I feel vibe. I feel like the skills are nice and middling, and I feel comfy with that. And that's a major difference. I don't feel comfy at all with Suarez, and I know you don't either. I. But there's going to be another lefty who fits this description. It's not John Lester either. Who's but I'm not throwing right like, my page. I'm not throwing bad lefties. I'm not throwing Stephen Matt out there. That's ridiculous. I'm not throwing Alex Wood out there. Uh, McClanahan's got skills. Jordan Montgomery, what's there? Yeah. Marco Gonzalez, what's there? I mean, Marco yeah. Gonzalez, I'll take. He's John Meanjus. But Jordan yeah. Montgomery, that might be a comp. Yeah. Suarez is not, you know, 
He's he's missing some bats. Anyway, we're wasting wasting But uh, people probably have questions about that guy. This is not because it's a Phillies thing. People probably have questions. He's going to finish the ERA. He's going to finish as a like with an ERA of one fifty, or whatever it is. How can we just just just? You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm just. I feel like I got to take a stand on him, and I and I just don't. I'm going to obvious. You're taking the obvious stand. I'm going to. I don't think it's an obvious thing. I'm I'm saying I, right. I want it's absolutely out. no like I'm out. There's almost no mixed league price you could put on that I'd be on board. I just don't I just don't believe it. And maybe the, the research will tell me otherwise. Maybe he's the number twenty six pitcher on the radar right now. But you're right. Like I, I I'm not all in, but I'm some in. He's gotta be drafted. Next. Some in might be good enough to get him. Two more questions here, Matt. With 2021 20, mostly in the books, he wants to know if you're more or less likely to punt a category as a result of this season. No, I don't think it's won ever... my AL League. The guy punt. What's that? Was it punted steals and won my AL League? But that's not, you know, a harbinger that you can just do it. No, I mean it happens from time to time. Yep. But you should never go into a season saying, "Hey, I'm going to punt a category." But if you have to do it, you can still win your league. But no, nothing that happened this season changes my mind that punting is a bad idea initially. But in May, if you if you have an area closer and you want to punt, sure. You know, if you're only still on base guys, Marte, and he gets hurt, mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. But don't try to do it. You know, yeah. and we'll get to the modesty conversation. It's, I don't know when, but it's it's highly dangerous. You need to know you have an edge on the rest of the people at your draft table that you can overcome with the other picks. In other words, you need to make that much more profit elsewhere. And the only reason I mentioned in the in the AL team, the only reason I mentioned that particular squad is it worked out because I got Salvador Perez and Robbie Ray and Cal Quantrill for his great run. You have to hit on everything else. I kind of punted strikeouts a little bit in my big money league where I won't win. I'm like two points out, but I don't have a pathway. And it, it's because I had Stroman and Wainwright, and there's another starting pitcher whose name escapes me, where they, they're not big strikeout guys. It's not punting the category, but I finished middle of the pack in a 16-teamer. And it's not good enough. And I right. knew that on draft day, and I was okay with it because I knew Wainwright would be good and Stroman nobody wanted. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have enough strikeouts. And even with Robbie Ray for half a season, I did not have enough strikeouts. So it's but- not really punting, but it's, you know, it's not. But by the way, when it comes to the, the punting, the other is, do you enjoy the experience of knowing you're going to be down to that half point on the last day? Because when you punt, you are very, you're much more likely to be in that group going down to the final day. I just think it's dangerous to, to give up on a category unless you have to. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You, you don't have to because there's always stolen base. There's not enough stolen bases, but there's always somebody out there running. Nicky Lopez is always running. And there's always save guys out there that you can find to you know, to get Alex Colomay is saving me in the league. So there's always guys out there. What else, what else are you punting? Batting average? I never recommend punting batting average. You never punt ERA and whip uh, or wins. It out that year. It can out. work, but it, you know, it's almost like, it's almost like contract year guys. We only point out when it works. Okay. But there's, no, there's this, eight out of 10 times. It doesn't work. Right. But there's a difference between punting batting average and punting saves or steals. And the difference with batting average is you are expecting to do poorly in it, but because of the flukiness of the category, you pick up points anyway. And that's how that team worked. Don't draft Joey Gallo. You know, you yeah, kind of deserve it. No, I, but I don't agree with you. That's, <laughs> the, that's the misread. You're that's, saying draft a, a whole, a whole is, offense of Joey Gallo's. Yeah, because what you said is a misread. You do want to draft Joey Gallo if you're punting batting average because oh, he could because sure. he could give you that year where remember two years ago he's hitting two fifty five and you projected two ten. 
That's huge. I don't think I've ever punted batting average. I've punted saves and steals, but never batting average. I don't recommend it. I'm saying that you've got to like it's if it's a it's a way to win. It's a it's a it's a it's a thing. If you're right. if you punt batting average, you're not going to finish last. I'm telling you that. Okay. It's not going to work otherwise. Punting and not focusing on a category are two different things. I think that's kind of a with batting average. Like I won't focus on batting average because anything could happen there. Yeah. But I'm not going out of my way to pick Joey Gallo. Right. Anyway, last one here comes from Chuck. One player this season that you've changed your opinion on the most, for better or for worse. Uh, Frank Schwindel. <laughs> Frankie. You go from no opinion to head of his fan club? Uh, I mean, Cody Bellinger, I'm out, man. Yeah. I am just O-U-T out. And something smells good. Lunch is on. Um, I mean, I want to be positive here and talk about players that I would ha- – I wasn't thinking about, and now I am. I mean, obviously, Mullins. Otani. How could anybody be above Otani? I thought, I remember saying in March that I thought he could be a, th- a 30 to 35 homer guy who stole 20 bases. I did believe offensively he could do this, not 50 yeah. home runs, but I thought offensively, potential monster who stole bases, five category guy. I never thought he pitched like this and hit like this. So mm-hmm. I've changed my mind about him. Otani's going to be in my first round. I have to write a story this week, and he's going to be in my first round. He may be number 10, but doesn't he have to be in our first round? Cody Bellinger is going to be, like, in the eighth round. So those are the two main, like, uh, you tell me if I'm wrong. Doesn't Otani have to be in the first round? He has to be. What are we missing? uh, That's league context-driven. And in our game, yeah, you're right. He he does have to be. I mean, over Freddie Freeman, that's a a tough sell. He brings way too much value to our game, specifically with the daily transactions. Which is what we should be ranking for. So you answer the question. Who who have you changed your mind most about? And it can't be Schwindel, Yelich, Belger. I mean, like... I'm, I'm... So I took a quick scroll down there, and the first name that popped out to me is, I have changed my opinion a lot on Austin Riley. I was not sure oh, it was yeah. going to happen. And yes. he's, a, he's a player. Yeah. He's a Austin Riley is a fifth round pick next year at the worst. I can't believe I be the changes there, that yeah. he made. He mm-hmm. made actionable changes to become an excellent player and not just offensively. He's a good defender now, too. I thought he was a bad left fielder who couldn't, he was going to strike out 200 times about 220. Totally wrong. He's a 30 hundred guy. Hitting 280. He's not Arenado, but he is a yeah. he's gonna be he's gonna be drafted ahead of Arenado next year. He should be. So should he not be ahead of Arenado? Yeah. No, that's that's yep. How about that? Did you ever see that coming? Riley could very well remember I mentioned that big quartet of third basemen up in that that second to fifth round tier, and Riley's gotta, you know, that conversation needs to have has needs to happen where he's in that tier. I don't think I don't know that it's four players. But. He's ahead of them. Right now, the top tier of third baseman, Jose Ramirez, round one. Rafael Devers, early round two. Machado, late round two. Austin Riley's next, round three, four, five. He's ahead of Chris Bryant, head of India, Arenado, Muncie, if he qualifies. Like, uh-huh. he's there, man. And you did. He's uh, the number four third baseman. On the other side of it, you did, you did talk me into the sanity check on Mike Trout. Mike because Trout cannot be a first round pick. I, I in a non percentage league again. Yeah, I'm ESPN standard. Which I'm is an what ESPN I rank standard. For. Yeah, but but the show expands beyond just your rule standard. That's, I'm just saying when I when my rankings come out on Thursday, mm-hmm. I don't know if, if Mike Trout in my top twenty five. It sounds ridiculous. Maybe he makes it. Maybe he doesn't. 
Mm-hmm. When push comes to shove, I don't know, man. Yeah. Harper, Freeman, Otani, Devers, f- at least five starting pitchers. They're all ahead of him now. Yeah. But I, mean, it's I tough. never had a whole he's injury prone feeling about Mike Trout yeah. before this year. And there's absolutely no question at all that I will enter next year with a he's injury prone. You have to. He and Giancarlo Stanton, you have to view them unbelievably. And, and, and I got to ask, who, whose injury rep, not not draft placement, not value, not not profit potential, whose injury label scares you more of those two? Oh, it's clearly trap because you're going to have to spend a second or third round pick to get them everywhere. Yeah, that's, that's not what I asked. I'm asking you whose injury label scares you more, not their price. Trout's does. You're more scared about the injuries with Trout. I am. I think it's a good question for everyone to ask themselves. I think I'm the not sure the answer. Dump him in left field. Okay. I, I, he needs to stop stealing bases. Now, this soft tissue injury, I, I, I don't know what you do with him moving forward to get him to 130 games. The Yankees figured out how to do that with Stanton and Judge. The Angels have it. Put Martian center, Adele and right. Trout's your left fielder for the next 10 years. You, you, you got to keep him on the field. Machado's your center fielder for the Padres. You know, let yeah. Jake play short. I don't know what you do, but Tatis, he's not, he's not injury prone. He's just, it's a shoulder. And, and he, by the way, when Tatis has surgery in three weeks or two or one week, he may not be ready in April. Oh, it's a major surgery. That would, that would likely cut That's into a, next year. Discuss. Like, yeah, I can't rank Tatis in my top five, knowing he may miss. He and Acuna. But with the information you have today, games. with the information you have today, no surgery. Has to have, have surgery. To. Doesn't he have to have surgery? They got I'm not as I'm just all. I'm not his doctor and I don't work for the Padres, so I don't know. I Do you I, rank Tatis over Acuna or, or not? If you have concerns about Acuna today, in the yeah. of April T- with yeah, the information with, with the information I have today, n- no surgery projection. Yes, I do have to rank him over Acuna. But I I don't know. We'll see how the that's gonna be decided like immediately after the season ends. That's gonna be like on Monday, a week from today, we're gonna know. Well, they could decide it tomorrow. Yeah, maybe out by tomorrow. Uh, all right. Actually, they are out. <laughs> yeah, they were they eliminated are. yesterday, Saturday. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're the, this is getting to be a long show. What uh, what's left? All we got to do is pay off trivia. There's three infielders with ten steals, hitting three hundred since the All Star break. Can you name all three? Tristan, we'll go to you first. I have a tough guess and I have an obvious guess. So I'll give you the tough one because Eric mentioned him already. I'm sure Nicky Lopez has done it. Nicky Lopez hitting 337. I had no idea he was hitting that high. But yes, yeah, Nicky Lopez. It's nuts. I keep writing the little for- forecaster things. He had like nine stolen bases in a week. <laughs> I'm not going to draft him next year, but yes. No, that's the hitting I mean, version. Not of a lick of power. <laughs> You're probably right. I, I'm I, just kidding. I'm kidding. Maybe, maybe I'm doing this all because it's a Phillies thing. That's possible. I don't. I love that this is the first time you're defending a Philly to me. I love it. This the, of all things this whole season, it's Rangers yeah, sports, which is the way. best part I'm of the year. I'm not saying he's round five material. I'm saying he's round <laughs> twenty five material. Round okay. twenty five. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I, I know. last round pick <laughs> him or Strasburg. I don't know. I may take. That's Rangers. fair. That's fair. But you scared That's me all with, the, with the when we were talking about top thirties and the top thirty made it into a no, set that had a minute. Was, and I know where we were going. We got caught up. And by the way, Sh- Schwindel Yelich, I was right, but this yeah. is not, you know, this is not like Ranger versus Sonny Gray. No, that's not what this is. Okay. No. 
Uh, all right, you want to keep guessing? I'm trying to, I mean, Trey Turner's obvious. Trey right? Turner's the obvious one. Yeah, you're missing one more. Yep, Trey Turner's on there hitting 329 since the break. So it's infielders only, so it's not Starling Marte. Correct. He, uh, yeah, yeah, Starling Marte should have done it. Yep. Uh, but, I mean, oh, yeah, I yeah. guess we still call Witt an infielder. 291. He does not make it. I thought you said it was 290 we wanted. 300. I had to oh, up it because of yesterday. Oh, okay. <laughs> Something happened here because of Witt. Ah. I had another uh, guy on the top of my mind before, and I'll see if I can think of him. I'm trying to think who's even hitting for average since the All-Star break. Or stealing bases. There's only... Probably only 10 guys with 10 steals since the break. There's exactly 10 guys that have stolen. <laughs> 10 infielders. So, I mean, he, there's no way Tommy Edmonds at 300, so... Uh, I, I mean, I don't think Goldschmidt has steals. Correct. He does not. Yeah, he mentioned Edmund. Real Muto doesn't have the batting average. No, but Real Muto does have one thing in common. Like eight this steals. Guy, this guy does play for one of your two favorite teams. I thought I only had one favorite team. Oh, you well, mean he, I'm he and to I. both of you? Like Wait, that's not how this podcast I, works. I, I, sorry, there's, there's no Philly infielder with ten steals and batting three hundred. Yeah, here. Then, <laughs> then the, it's, it's not a Philly. It's got to be a Yankee. Who's it's the Yankee, Yankee then? Is it Lemayhu? No, no. Yeah, it, can't it be. is a Yankee. No. It's the Yankee. It's not Glaber. With ten steals. With uh, he's actually got thirteen steals on seventeen attempts and all of four extra base hits. Glaber. Nope. Glaber. The Yankee eight. right now, who has ten steals since the All Star break. I can double check it, but yeah, thirteen. Wow. And a Yankee infielder does. I mean, you know, you're looking Rizzo, LeMahieu, Torres, and Urshela. That's it can't be. And it's not Urshela, so uh He's got 124 at bats this year. This year. Oh, so this is a non qualification. Oh, it's that little guy who got picked up who got it is that yesterday. Well, he, he's not little, he's six foot one. The guy didn't guy didn't slide. Andrew Velasquez has thirteen. No, feet. the other guy. The guy who plays outfield and backup shortstop for your team. He's not even yes. can't hit. What's his name? I know. Come on. Tyler Wade? Tyler Wade. Tyler Wade. Didn't he get caught stealing yesterday because he didn't he's slide right? He's three ten with there's no way with, he's got thirteen steals. Seriously? 13 for 17 steal and base. I watch this guy every day and he has 13 steals since the All-Star. It doesn't feel like that, Benny. How did I get his name? <laughs> I mean, the, I understand me forgetting names, but I knew the no, guy. You know what, you know what it is about? So this is what it is you about Wade's, Wade's second half is he's the <laughs> yeah, one that they one. tested in left field when they ran out of outfielders in July, I think it was. And then they brought in Velasquez for shortstop when Wade was moved there for Torres's injury. So I feel like Wade hasn't even had a chance to play at all. How did he get 13 steals? Shouldn't Jeez. be playing. That's the whole point. Actually, I'm more it, surprised it, he hit. Actually, I'm more surprised your offense is unbelievable. With the right-handed power, I mean, they added two lefty power hitters, but the strikeouts, wow. and then like, like Glaber now. Oh, now he's okay because he's playing second base. I'm, yeah, so now I'm now asking all my Yankee fans, the fan friends, that question because I'm going to bet I'm not the only one to get stumped. I he's not even qualified for the batting title. How is he hitting 300? Remember, this is a guy who hit would hit 180 every year because he's one for three every week. He's um, 20. Yeah, he's 22 for 71. It's not like we're uh, talking a huge okay. sample size. Yeah. Here. All right. No, that's a you got us. That's a good wow. yes. Let's got go. us. Good job, Kyle. He's Good happy. Job. He's proud of himself. So happy. And we're proud so of happy. him. Kyle, the most underrated part of this show, because I'm overrated. 
Tristan is Tristan wins all his leagues, so he's properly rated. We love him. Kyle's underrated. Good for you, man. You got us on another trivia question, and you can celebrate well for getting it well wrong. Done. I couldn't even remember his name, but I I think I get the nod over Tristan. I mean, that's his favorite team. Anyway, we're done. Uh, two shows left, one on Thursday, and then next Monday we will wrap it all up and preview 2022. That should only take 40 minutes. Uh, anyway, <laughs> thank you so much for listening to our little show. For Kyle and Tristan and little Tyler Wade, who's a lot bigger than me, I'm Eric. Have an awesome week.